Hi, I'm Tommy Malant, a 2020 Mariah's Challenge scholarship winner. And here's what Mariah's Challenge means to me. It means establishing moral principles and adhering to them regardless of peer pressure. It means saying no to underage drinking and never getting into a vehicle with a driver who is impaired. It means being a leader and not let others around you accept underage drinking or let anyone you know get in a car with someone who is impaired. It means pursuing excellence and not letting alcohol and drugs take that away from you. It means setting a positive example for the generations that follow. I'm Tommy Malad and I accept Mariah's challenge. I hope you join me and show that you too are Butte Tough. Today's episode of the Butte Cast is brought to you by Casa Grande Steakhouse. Sure, you know you cannot beat Casa Grande steaks, chicken, marcella, and sushi, but did you know how much Butte's finest restaurant gives back to the community? Whether it is providing cooked-to-perfection entrees for the American Legion baseball concession stand or feeding the Butte High Bulldogs during their team meals, Casa Grande's is all about the mining city. Dine in and be treated like family. You can also have Casa Grande's handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Casa Grande's Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat. Casa Grande's is a proud sponsor of the ButteCast. Welcome to the Butte Cast with Bill Foley. It's a podcast about the greatest city in the world, Butte, America. Amen. Let's meet the people and characters who make Butte the richest hill on earth. Woo-hoo! Now, here's my dad, Bill Foley. When I was a kid, I thought Bob Rawling owned Stodden Park. After all, he lived right by the entrance, and it seemed like he was there morning, noon, and night. For about 50 years, Rollo hardly had a day off. He worked nights and weekends, running softball leagues and refereeing basketball and football. He is well known across the West for his football officiating. He worked in the Frontier Conference and the Big Sky Conference for many years. He also worked high school games, and it always seemed like a big game when Rollo was there, donned in his stripes. During his long career with Butte Silver Bowl, Rollo made Butte a better place. He was instrumental in the building and maintenance of the old Corette Pool at Stodden Park. He also helped make improvements to the softball fields, playgrounds, and golf course. All us Muni kids owe a debt of gratitude to Rollo and Don Peoples Sr. that we will never be able to repay. Rollo is also one of the funniest guys I know. During the second week of the 2012 high school football season, I rode to Billings to cover the Butte High Billings Skyview game with Paul Panisco and John Thatcher. Pinisco and JT were calling the game on KBOW, and I was writing for Butte Sports. But we realized right as we got there that Paul forgot all his radio gear. That was such a surprise because Paul is the ultimate professional. He usually arrives at games about two hours before they start so he can make sure that everything is set up right. I was speechless, and Paul was really mad. I didn't know what to say. We didn't even notice when JT wandered off and told Rollo, who was parked just a few spots down from us. With a straight face, Rollo walks up to us and says something like, Hi guys, it's hot out today. Can I get you boys anything? Water? Sunscreen? Some radio gear? (laughs) Luckily, Rocky Erickson came to the rescue so Paul could call the classic game, which was won by Skyview. Butte High, of course, won the rematch in the playoffs on their way to the championship. After that game, we laughed the whole way home at what Rollo told us. It was classic. I really appreciate all the guest recommendations that keep pouring in. I will have a blast trying to get to all of them. 
Also, thanks for telling your friends about the Buttecast and explaining to your parents, grandparents, aunts, and uncles how to listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also listen at Buttecast.com. Please keep supporting our sponsors. They really are the ones who keep the fun conversations coming. Tell them you heard them on the Buttecast. Now, let's catch up with the legend himself, Butte Sports Hall of Famer, Bob Rowling. You're Butte's Bob Costas, because you look almost the same today as you did in 1980. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm not sure if the body agrees with that. <laughs> feel a little... The body's not nearly as... Uh, it's okay. Yeah. It's, well, you, you look like you're doing pretty good. We never see you anymore. We used yeah, to see we are. You, we used to see you every day. You I know, know ever, that. Yeah, I don't, I, don't go to quite a, I don't go to a lot of games. I should go a few more. Yeah. What have you been doing since you've been out of the football officiate and Just, you know what, we uh, we travel around a little bit. Uh, yeah. You know, in the winter we're locked in, but that's fine. My wife heads south for a couple of weeks, and and I, I stay home. That's kind of nice. Oh, yeah. Her family's in Yuma. It's a little Mexican lady, you know. Yeah. So, but, uh, no, I stay home, but uh, we're always out, we're always out doing something. Yeah. We're on the road someplace all the oh, time. Well, I called you yesterday, and you were on the road. Yeah, we were just, uh, we had taken a ride down toward Manhattan and Three Forks. And, yeah back up through Boulder and around, but we do that quite a bit. Just golf for drives? Yeah. Then my dog keeps me busy. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? Got a yellow lab. Oh, they're good dogs. Yeah. How, how old? He's three. Okay, so he's still, three in March. They're still wild when they're that oh, age. Oh, yeah. he got a lot of vim and vigor. A yeah. lot more than I do. Those yellow labs, yeah, they they keep you young, yeah. I bet. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, of course... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. My dog keeps me active Does he? more than anything. Do you guys go? You walk him quite a bit. And stuff? Every day. Yeah. Yeah. He walks me. Great. Yeah. Do you go to where do you go to the park? The Stodden there. Well, I, I don't because you know because the animal warden chases yeah. you around sometimes. You know, <laughs> I got to tell you a story. I went, <laughs> I went out there last week right after one of the big snowstorms, and I generally don't take him in the park. Yeah. Uh, if there's a lot of people around, and I know they have the leash laws and that. <laughs> But uh, they, they don't mind if there's a lot of geese in there. They don't mind. He chases the geese off. He's really no. good at that. But I, <laughs> I went in last week after the snow, and, uh, and instead of staying on the trails, which were dry, I went on the cross-country trails. And I was walking the cross-country trails, no. and, and I noticed the uh, animal warden on Hill Avenue was watching me. No. <laughs> he had his, had his lights on. And so I headed out toward the pond on the on the golf course, and he drove down the end of the hill, and he was on the other side of the fence. Yeah, however. that's a disadvantage so, for him. Yeah, so he turned around, <laughs> went downhill, and I thought I better get out of here. I didn't want to cause yeah. any problems, <laughs> so I went down by the by the new uh, back nine, yeah. and I was back in there, and he, he drove up into the parking lot. So I went down around the <laughs> tennis courts, and, and I don't know if he's seen me or not, but. Finally, I escaped over by the ball fields and went down the alley and home, you know, <laughs> which was home. But I, I'm sure somebody... You were playing a little elusive there yeah, with Yeah, the somebody probably called about the dog, which I don't blame him, but yeah. that's, you know. I try to stay away from there if there's a lot of people on the course. Yeah. But I usually go out. I'll go out in Browns Gulch or down out by uh, the... the uh, oh, Port of Butte out there. Oh, oh really? I walk around out there quite a bit. Yeah. German Gulch. And uh, I do that. I'll do that as soon as I leave here today. Really? But, yeah, I walk a couple miles.
miles. But it, it keeps me out, keeps me going. Yeah, that's. I got two two dogs that I'm always walking. Yeah, every and if day. you don't, he's nipping at me. Especially a three-year-old uh, yellow oh, lab. Yeah, you they're, can't. There's no. They're kind of busy. Yeah, my dogs are. <laughs> my dogs are like ten and eleven. Oh, so they okay. they're okay. If we don't go walking, they're not. They're okay. They'll just take that. a nap. Yeah, mine, uh, not mine. <laughs> no, you gotta you gotta wear them out. <laughs> yeah, you do. And uh, it's tough to do. They're fun. But, yeah. Yeah. If I didn't have a dog, I'd probably sit in the house all day, and I don't like that. Yeah. I don't. I don't sit around much. Yeah. I'm always. Well, you know, I don't think you had a day off in 50 years when you were working. No, I didn't. I didn't have many. Yeah. It, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was. Uh, it, I enjoyed it all. Yeah. It was. Uh, I like to be around people. Yeah. I have to laugh every day. That's that's the biggest part of the yeah. day. If I laugh in the morning, the day's easy. Oh yeah. That's the key, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So and I did that this morning. So Yeah. <laughs> you got a good laugh, so you're got a, got a good, a good laugh this morning. So. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. It's I mean I meet with some guys every day and we have coffee, so yeah. but it's good time. Good? Yeah, good. Well, that's time. good. We got all the everything handled. All the problems handled. All the, all the, they're all solved. It's easy. And if we don't do it in the morning, I do it in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah. Do, do you miss the officiating? I do. You know, no. I, I, uh, I, I, I really miss it because I used to, used to just, yeah. that was part of my life. I mean, it was the best hobby, best job I ever had was yeah. officiating. You know, and I, and I was fortunate enough to, when I started, it was like 1963, 4. Yeah. And uh, I kind of did that as, uh, uh, you know, just to make an extra buck, you know, at the time. Yeah. But you get paid about 10 cents a game sometimes. Yeah, I don't think it you would, got paid much make, back then. No, you didn't. And you still don't get paid enough, quite frankly. Yeah. I don't think you do. But, yeah, I, start, I started kind of officiating uh, like 64, 65 and uh, Peoples was a a Parks and Rec director and I was teaching school at the time really uh, where'd you teach at well that's a long story (laughs) (laughs) I student taught I I just got to tell you well it ain't quickly yeah I student taught at the grant school okay under Mr. Bill Drew oh I had him as a principal yeah and he was he was a principal there then and uh but I, I student taught at the grant, and then my first official job teaching was at the uh, Whitty. Uh-huh. And I was there for a week, and they transferred me to McKinley. And that's where I went to grade school. Uh-huh. And the same teachers were all there when I went back to McKinley. <laughs> they were still there. <laughs> and yeah, and they, they looked at me, and I thought, oh, God, here we go, you know. But uh, uh, so then I got transferred to the Sherman, and and I taught, uh, what did I teach? Third and fourth combined. Really? And then I went to the Blaine and had the fifth and sixth combined. And all those schools, if you think about it, all those schools closed down in that same order. So, yeah. <laughs> so I had something to do with that. <laughs> but, no, it was it was kind of neat. But when I was, when I was teaching, I was kind of helping with the recreation department. Yeah. I was doing some scheduling for them and doing games, and, and that's when the grade schools were involved with the, with the parks department for a couple of years there. Mm-hmm. And there was a transition. They thought that they would all come underneath the Parks and Rec under Butte, yeah. Butte at that time. Yeah. 
and uh, that didn't happen. But I was kind of working for Peeps, and and uh, that's when I started, and I just kept going from there. And that's how you could had had the thick <coughs> thick skin as an official all those years, as you taught Walkerville kids. Well, yeah, you know, and everybody <laughs> says, "How come you get along with those Walkerville people so well?" You know, well, that's why. Yeah, and I just I hang around there. You know, they. No, I could tell you yeah. some stories, but I won't. So, so you were you were a West Side kid then? I was a West Side yeah. kid. I grew up on Silver and Jackson, right in between the old St. James Hospital and the new one. Yeah. Just a half a block away from. from is your house hospital. still there? The old house. The house there. is still there. Yeah. My folks owned uh, Bauman's Grocery. Okay. As their grandparents did before them. Yeah. And that was on the corner of Silver and Jackson, and we grew up. We grew up in the house just south of there on Jackson Street, and it was, it was like an old, yeah. it was like an old chicken coop at one yeah. time. That's the same neighborhood my grandpa, <laughs> Bill, grew up in. Grew up in. Yeah, he was it a, was. Yeah, right there. Yeah, it was. It was a good neighborhood, and, and I was supposed to go to school at Webster Garfield, but I went to school at McKinley, because I could I could walk there. Webster yeah. was a little far, so yeah. I so I knew all the. A kids. Webster's the alternative school there now, right? No. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And we used to go to Webster for uh, uh, woodworking and that. We'd walk down from McKinley one day a week and yeah. we'd all go down to woodworking. The girls would go down to sewing and stuff <laughs> like that. So it was kind of neat. It was yeah. fun. We'd get in a little trouble on the way down all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, that must have been quite the neighborhood. It was. I always, I used to hear about Lover's Roost Lover's in that Roost. neighborhood. Right? Doc, Dr. Cruzy. Yeah. Yeah, we... <laughs> I was I was a little. My brother was four years older than I was. Yeah, and he ran around with Knievel mm. through high school and all that, and and uh, Mike Freeborn and the Garveys. Yeah. There was a Doctor Garvey and all them, and it, there was like sixty-five kids in that na in that block. Wow. And and across the street of that block, now there's none. Yeah. There's not no. You don't no see any kids, kids in there. No right? kids in there, but we used to. I was four years younger. I was a little tagalong, and mm -hmm. and they'd always get me in trouble because they were faster runners. <laughs> See where the world got <laughs> caught, huh? We used to go to cruises, and it was in the fall, and all the leaves would be fall off the trees, all the cottonwoods there, mm -hmm. and they'd hide me under a pile of tree uh, leaves yeah. at nighttime, and they'd go up and bug cruising. He'd come out and he'd screaming at us and chasing them. Well, then I would jump up before he got to us and scare the heck out of him, you know. But, yeah, we used to, it was a pretty neat neighborhood. It's completely changed, yeah. you know. But, yeah, we enjoyed it. Good place to grow up. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the, I had, my grandpa told me a million stories about the neighborhood, but a lot of the houses are gone now. They with are. The expansion yeah. of the hospital and the parking lot and stuff there. Yeah, this, my, uh, our house is still there. We were at 310 South Jackson. My grandmother and grandfather lived across the street, yeah. and uh, they, yeah, they were great people. Yeah. The Foley's, not your family, but Mike Foley, yeah. they lived across the street. Well, Pat, well, Mike, or uh, yeah, that's uh, Mike and Pat. Yeah, they're yeah. they're related, but yeah. Yeah. I, I I I claim Pat. I don't always claim Mike. Oh, they were terrorists. Yeah, because their dad, their dad was George, who George was my gra my grandpa Bill's brother. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. Yeah. They uh, good guy. Yeah, I, I, I never guy. got I never got to know him because he died probably around seventy six, right. seventy five, seventy six, yeah. and I was born in seventy four. Yeah, they lived but. right across the street, and it was funny. After I got married, and uh, 
I moved across the street into my folks had a couple apartments around me, but yeah. they rented out, and I moved right next to the Foley's. Yeah. And that's where basically my five kids grew up in that little, it had three rooms in it. There really? Was, yeah. Oh, they, was, they even grew up on that neighborhood they there? They grew huh? up there, and then we moved down onto the flats. Okay. As long as I can remember, you were lived right there by Stodden, so I always yeah. just assumed you were always a flat guy. Mo but. Moved into there in 73 or 4. Yeah. Down on. So, okay, so. Yeah. So it's been a couple And that's of been a good neighborhood. And then they yeah. finished going to school at the Longfellow. Yeah. Yeah, and that worked out perfect for you. Well, there's two. The Crowley lived right by the park. You lived right by the park. And <laughs> yeah. there's two guys who were always at the park. Always You there. know, so yeah. it, it made sense that you were there. Yeah, Crowley lived on, what, Oregon? Yeah, he lived yeah. in Oregon lived Avenue. lived on Oregon Avenue right there. Yeah. So, yeah, we were close. Yeah. Yeah, and Jack, Jack was a good guy. Yeah. Good kids. I see his daughter once in a while. She comes in in the summertime. And I, I thought they would sell the house, but she comes in and does works around there every summer. Yeah, Jody? Jody. Yeah, I think yeah. she's planning on moving there when, when they retire. Probably when she retires. She's got to yeah. be close. <laughs> yeah, well, she, she graduated in 1985 okay. from Butte High School. Okay. I remember, I'm pretty sure it was 85, because yeah. she had a picture of her with uh, Magic Johnson in the Butte High oh, really? yearbook. Yeah. Oh, boy. Because they, they're big, yeah. she was a big Lakers. You know, Jack's wife, was, she was a good lady, but she, she had the health problems. Yeah. And she was... Joanne. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're better with the names than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, those guys were like family to me, yeah. you know, because really? well, I lived at the golf course. Sure. You know. Yeah, and your dad was always around the golf course. Yeah, and my grandpa always was there grandpa. forever. He was president for like 14 years. Yeah. yeah, I used to battle with him once in a while. I'm sure you probably <laughs> did because, well, you were there. You, they're trying to get funding for different right stuff in the clubhouse or wanted to move it, wanted to do this. Change, yeah, you know. Yeah. Now it's golf course in good shape. Yeah, he'd be he'd be thrilled. I think now the the see oh. they always he he wanted to, his dream was kind of to remodel the old clubhouse and put like a. A second story on it and have like a restaurant and right. a deck up there yeah. but i think he'd really be happy to see that they got a yeah. the nice old, restaurant the old, the old clubhouse was a you know a wooden structure that was kind of piecemeal that was like it was like a chicken coop added oh on the one on there it's on. the one on uh, yeah it's on uh yeah like between five t-box and yeah, eight green there down, yep right there yeah that was yeah. it would have never held up <laughs> <laughs> no the greenskeeper shack now yeah, yeah but beautiful now of course, yeah. it's just beautiful. They've done a good job. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you were so big in, in making that golf course a nice place in the first place. Well, we tried. Yeah. You know. Because, you know, well, of course, you had the old nine, then you added the par three course. Yeah. I, I remember the uh, my my uncle lived down where uh, Jimmy Fisher lives now, the house right next Oh, okay, door. right off the four green there. Yeah. yeah. And I can remember going down visiting him. We'd go golfing. And it was the old black greens, black, and you shouldn't call them greens, but they're yeah. the old, that's what they were. Yeah, like and dirt used, and sand and, and stuff. And you used to have to use a squeegee before you put it to smooth it out. Right. Yeah, and then, and then move. I can remember all that. But uh, uh, one thing I remember, the handsome packing sewer line you go, you just go across the golf course. It still does, in fact. Yeah. I think they cut it off when they put in the new tennis courts and that. Oh. But one time, uh, the line broke. And there was blood all over. I can remember all over down by the creek bottom, yeah, you know, in the drainage creek. But there, it was. But I was young then. Yeah. I was just. A, I was probably, probably seven, eight years old. Then. Oh yeah. But, yeah, it was. But it's changed. Kind of a gruesome scene. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, get the hell away from there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was. Yeah. 
But the course is nice. They've done a really good job. Yeah. And, and it's uh, just improvement in the greens and the layout. And now with the new sprinkling system, it's, it's a good spot. Yeah, it's, uh, they say it's as in good a shape as it's ever been. I haven't yeah. really played golf in yeah. about 20 years. It, but. it is. You'd be amazed. You, you would be amazed at the greens, what they were last year. Yeah. And they're improving every yeah. year. You, you play on there at all? No, I used to a lot. Yeah. And then uh, I, uh, oh, one year there, they kind of put me in charge of, you know, the parks were in charge of the golf course. And yeah. I used to golf partner every day. But uh, it was time to get out of there, you know, when that happened. Because yeah. people were always on your case about what's wrong with the course. What, what, how come you're not fixing this, fixing yeah. that? And I thought, you know, it's best me get out of here. So yeah. I, so I, I kind of well, stayed. Away. I can sympathize with you there because for a few years, remember Crowley hired me to be the course marshal. Right. And yeah, I, I remember. I was that. driving around the old, uh, was it a little Cushman? Right. Uh, I think it was a Cushman, a little blue thing, like a meter made card, you know. Yeah. And then I'd, yeah. I had uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays off, and I'd go golfing that not at night after I worked, or Tuesdays and Thursdays, sure. and, and people would come up to me and say, "Hey, this group's playing slow. You, <laughs> like, I need. I'm not on the clock right now. I remember you know, that. my 550 an hour does not uh, include off to, off time. There is a lot of history in that place. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> we used to, uh, oh, this back. I don't know when it was, but. They used to have leagues on Thursday night. Yeah. And then, of course, all the guys would be out there, you know, having a few toddies and more than a few toddies. Yeah, until probably 2 and 3 in the morning. Well, 2 and 3, yeah, but they'd get, back then they'd get the cars uh-huh. and park them around the putting green out in front of the clubhouse. <laughs> Turn the lights on. And play for money. <laughs> and drinks. Yeah. It was, yeah, they used to do that. That all, that all ended, oh, God, I can't. I don't know when, in the 70s, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we still had the beer machine into the 21st century. That was there's still a beer machine out there, which has to be the last place on earth that there was a beer machine. <laughs> you know what happened with the beer machine? <laughs> you know, you go put 50 cents in and kerplunk, you yeah. know, can it come out? Yeah. You know, on the on the on the beer machine. But one day, and this isn't too long, 20 years ago. I don't know when yeah. the machine when we quit the machine. That was probably about 20 years ago. Yeah, and anyhow, there was a, a couple of guys from uh, Helena come in, and they were with the liquor division. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they were standing at the counter or something, and some kid came in, stuck some money in the beer machine, kerplunk, and they turned around and looked, here comes a beer, <laughs> beer can out. And that's when, that's when they started saying, no, we, you can't. You've got to yeah. get rid of that thing. It is amazing they let us have it for oh, so God. long. You know, and it was the clubs. The club got the revenue. Yeah. From it, the, the county didn't get the revenue, but they had a. Well, I shouldn't say we had a, a contra- contract with the club members, yeah. and, and they would put so much money back into things they wanted on the course. Yeah. Know? New flags, new cups, new. Yeah. Things like that. That's <laughs> how we made improvements at that time. Yeah. You know, the so. beer machine. I remember that was a big deal when they <laughs> they raised the price of beer. I think a beer was, at the time, beer was a dollar. Right. And pop was 75 cents. <laughs> and and everyone, I remember Vern Maddock was there and he was bringing it up, you know, because what, it was the most expensive pop in town, but the cheapest but the beer. The cheapest beer, <laughs> by far. You know, and I, remember, <laughs> and I remember there was a big meeting and people were, you know, we were all up and all the kids were up in arms. We wanted it to be, yeah. you know, 
50 cent pops still, you know. <laughs> and uh, I remember Paul Hansen said, all these kids have more money than I do. He says, oh, I, you know, he says they, they, can, they can afford the 75 cents, but, you know, arguing yeah, Paul, for You said Paul Hansen? Paul Hansen, he owned the, what yeah, was it? He the, was a West Sider. Yeah, was he? <laughs> what, he, he owned the Ponderosa. Ponderosa. Yeah. yeah, and I just said, Paul, I'll trade you wallets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paul was, yeah, Paul was, I think he was a year behind me at McKinley. Was he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's around anymore. Did no. he pass away? I think he did, but yeah. I don't know. I always yeah. liked Paul. Yeah, was, good guy. Yeah, good he guy. was a lot of fun good, on it. Yeah. Always, pretty, always had something humble. going on, yeah. going on he the did. golf course. Yeah, he, he changed from when he was younger. Yeah. You know, but... Yeah, good times. <laughs> yeah, that was the, some of the meetings that we had there too at the golf course. I'll never forget there. Tom Tom Burns was the president. Remember Tommy? Right, remember Tom. And uh, they wanted to. They're talking about spending. They had the Bill Wilson money forever, and I think they people acted. They didn't want to spend it. They wanted to keep that as if yeah, it, it was, was their own, and it was given to them to renovate the clubhouse. The clubhouse. Or, yeah, and they would hardly ever. It took them. I mean, I think they sat in there for twenty some years before they spent the money. And they wanted to renovate the, the bathrooms, is what Tom said. We want to renovate the bathrooms. And Bert Gaskell, the old editor who's oh, worked yes. with words, he says, what do you mean bathrooms? There's no bathtub in there. It's the can, the John. <laughs> <laughs> so every yeah. time I think I, I see a restroom, I, I think that. of Bert. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing got done. They used to battle all the time. Yeah. All, all the time. It was, that money did sit in there for a long time. Yeah. And they, it was like their own. They didn't yeah. want, it was like a savings account or something yeah you know? they, yeah they were the they were yeah it was they were cheap with it they didn't want to spend money no, and i remember didn't. when they they first pushed for the water park remember it got voted down yep. and they had some golf course improvements on there and stuff and i said they thought they threw that in there to sweeten the deal and i'm like no those golf those golf club members they don't want to spend any money no they don't no they <laughs> so, did <laughs> so it didn't help the water but the park uh, bond at that no, time never <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it for this week's Lescovar Honda Athletes of the Week, Dougie Peoples of Butte Central and Laura Rosenleaf of Butte High. Peoples, a six foot four senior, scored 93 points in three games, leading the Maroons to their second straight divisional title. The defending Class A champions head to the Class A state tournament in Bozeman with a 20-1 record. Peoples scored 41 points as the Maroons held off a tough, talented Frenchtown team 72-65 in the championship game in Ronan. He scored 23 of BC's 28 points in the fourth quarter. During the tournament, Peoples, who scored 33 points in a 60-57 semifinal win over Dillon, passed Kelly Johnson-Mead for second place on Butte's all-time prep scoring list. Going into state, Peoples has 1,581 points on his career. Only the great Lexi Nelson scored more high school points than Peoples. The Butte High Star finished her career with 1,696 points. Rosenleaf, also a senior, is a big reason why the Bulldog girls are surging as they head into the Western AA Divisional Tournament in Kalispell. In two games against Helena High and Helena Capital last week, Rosenleaf combined for 19 points, 21 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 steals, and 2 blocks. She also tipped away the ball from Helena High to preserve the win after 8th grader Cadence Graham sank a 3-pointer with 3.5 seconds left as the Bulldogs downed the Bengals 51-50 at the Richardson Gym. The 5'11 Rosenleaf has been a key contributor for the Bulldogs the past three seasons. She is one of the best rebounders the school has ever seen. Congratulations, Dougie and Laura, and thank you, Lescovar Honda, for recognizing the hardworking student-athletes of the Mining City. Hey, Butte America, John Davis here at Lescovar Honda with some fantastic news. With 2023 off and running, we are looking forward to serving you and making a positive impact in our community. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, stop on by and see us at Lescovar Honda. 
proud sponsor of the Montana High School Association and home of the 20-year, 200,000-mile warranty. And you had to, of course, you had to run the pool, or you were in charge of the pool. You didn't have, right. I don't know if you had to, how often you had to run it, but of course the pool probably wouldn't have been there without you, the old Corette pool. Well, it would have been there. I just, yeah. I have my, you know, my fingers in it. Yeah. And, uh, and we had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Had a lot to do with the construction of Stodden Park. Yeah. When the pool was just being done, and I'm not, I'm not good with years, but uh, we were working with the uh, Bureau of Outdoor Recreation then. Yeah. And to get any money from the Bureau of Recreation, you had to have a labor working or a truck being used or yeah. you know any equipment like that, and you would charge that back as as a in kind thing, and Bureau of Reclamation would match that, and that's how we got funding to oh really to kind of for the pool yeah. basically for the pool and the and the north side of Stoughton Park from the pool north toward toward Dewey yeah you know that was kind of all uh, it was a little lower than the rest of the park so they were bringing in fill. Of course, when they dug out for the pool, yeah, you know, the, it was kind of on the tail end of an old dump that used to be. Yeah, because I remember we used to. That's yeah. what they used to tell us. It was on an old yeah. dump. And you, can, I, <laughs> I can remember one of the county city trucks at that time came in, and uh, we were getting uh, uh, fill from out around the stockyards, yeah. and they dumped one time. And there was a cow in it. They had, <laughs> You know, and there, you look, and there's a cow, four legs sticking up out of the dirt. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was something else. Yeah. And uh, that's when McConey was, McConey was the mayor then. I oh, believe. was it Mike McConey? Yeah. And Howie Obinoff worked for me, was working for me then. Yeah. And Howie was McConey's nephew. That's how I met him. Oh, really? Him. And uh, uh, he and I did a lot of the groundwork for all the fill and everything that went in the parks. Yeah. And then and we moved the fields. All the fields used to be in a straight line down the alley at one time. Oh really? I didn't know that. And they were there'd be one field kind of tiered up, next one, next one down toward the entranceway of the park. Huh. But there was three fields there. And they were all dirt. You know, oh. and at that time we filled all that in and uh, gradually okay. got, you know, fields moved and put a complex in. But, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. yeah. It was. And yeah. the pool, of course, I don't know, just about every kid I knew learned how to swim in that pool. Oh, God. The pool was, you know, we used to, four or 500 kids in there at a time. Yeah. And uh, always got yelled at about the temperature. It was cold. Because cold. The water, the water came in the, out of the uh, wells at, I think it was 47 degrees. Yeah. We had to try to heat it to 82 and we would never get it to 82. We'd get yeah. it right close. But, you know, water temperature, if it was 80, 80, difference between 80 and 82 in yeah. water is a big difference. Yeah, you, know, yeah, you, you feel it. To death. And uh, I think most, most of the kids would jump in the pool and then run in the shower in the hot shower. <laughs> and we couldn't, we couldn't afford the, the bill, yeah. the energy bill. So we had to put in showers at, you know, you'd hit the button, it'd come on for about 10 seconds yeah. and go off. You know? yeah. <laughs> and those kids would stand under there just shivering all the time. Yeah. But uh, 
you know, and then of course the pool. Uh, it was a great place. Yeah, great place. And uh, had the high dive. I remember we used to the, jump off yeah, that. Yeah, the ten meter board. Yeah, or three meter board. Excuse me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it it was a good place. A lot of uh, good memories from the pool. Yeah. You know. And, and a lot of nightmares from the pool. Yeah. A lot of leaks. I remember when, every year you'd be in the paper for when, battling uh, a leak. When it's that's uh, the worst. It's, uh, I can say it honestly. It's the worst time that I ever had working for the city was going through the leaks in the pool. Yeah. You know, and and we had a we always had a pool manager or engineer. Yeah. And uh, but just the leaks and trying to find them. I used to scuba dive in there with dye. Really? And try to find, and, you know, we'd go through the cracks and try to get where we could find where the leaks were drawn, you know, if they were drawn the dye through. And just never, could never ever really find anything. I did a, I did a, and the, the pump house for the pool was in, in the golf clubhouse in the back room. I don't know if you knew that or no, not. No, I didn't know that. And that's where the water came from for the pool. And that's where the pumps and the bladders and everything were for your pressure and everything. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. The boiler and everything were in the pool building. But the, yeah. but the water was pumped underneath the huh. underneath the parking lot into the pool. And I I'll bet it still is. I don't know that for sure. Yeah. But uh, but I would think because that was the best uh Well they never dug up the parking lot I don't think so. Yeah, it's 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 still there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think at that time that that uh, well used to pump like 90 gallons a minute. Okay. And at the end trying to keep the pool open was a complete nightmare. You know? Yeah. And, and we just tried to do it, tried to keep up, but the expense got so much we had to close. Yeah. And it was it was the worst day of my life. Really? Oh, honestly. The pool the pool was the best thing and the worst thing yeah. at that time. You know, now the new facility, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how nice and, it is. And we never had, we never had the funding, the county never had the funding to build a pool by itself. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, with the bond issue and that, yeah, great thing, great. And like the donations. What yeah, a, they had what some a, big donations, yeah. Yeah. Without the donations, you still wouldn't have it. Yeah. You and that helped the park too. Of course, oh, that park is just incredible now. Park's the best park in, in the state. Yeah, by far. Yeah, yeah. it's not enough to close. You know, and still when I when I travel around, I go on all the parks. No, do you? Yeah, I you still I, check them out. I look around, and you know, it's just in you. Yeah. So you do it. But yeah. Yeah, it's, and I this new park plan, you know, I can remember doing park plans years and years yeah. ago, and. They were a nightmare doing, what do we do? How's the public going to react? And, you know, and, and it's a big wish list. Yeah. You know, and gradually, gradually things come around and you don't make everybody happy, no matter, no <laughs> yeah. matter what you do. You know, yeah. you could like something, I don't. Yeah. You know, so, and usually the people like something to the quiet, quiet minority. Yeah. Yeah, the squeaky wheel is yeah. the, the, meanwhile, <laughs> <Gets> yeah. <grease. laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Good years. And you uh, you must have been a swimmer. The one thing that stands out to me, I was looking through your, your Hall of Fame bio, and the one is you played water polo. Played water polo. Where did you play water polo at? In the, in the YMCA. Really? Yeah. I, I, I know if uh, 
you know, I grew up three blocks from the Y. Yeah. So I lived in the Y. And quite honestly, yeah. Bronco used to kick me in the rear end and get, get me the hell out of there and go <laughs> home and eat and go do this and that. Yeah. But I did grow up at the Y, and uh, uh, I started sw- swimming very young. You know, when we used to first go to the Y, you didn't wear swimming trunks or anything. I mean, they had the boys and girls separate times. Yeah. But you went in, you didn't have swimming trunks. Really? Yeah, you went in. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, and God, that was in the little pool. Well, I don't even know if it's a 20-meter pool. I think it's a 20-meter pool. Ah, It's it's been so long since I was in there. uh, Fun place. Seems like it was big. But but Georgia Burns was uh, uh, the swim instructor. Her and uh, Mark Wald, Mrs. Mark Wald, and uh, who else? They were good ladies. Babe McGeever. But when uh, when uh, Bert Van Meel moved to Butte, and he and I and, and became really close, but he yeah. was he was a coach more than anything, and I did everything in the world. We all did. Anybody who lived yeah. across by there, we'd we'd just stay there all day. You know, we'd go swimming, we'd go play play handball, we'd go play pool, we'd do this and that. Yeah. But when Bert moved in. There was a guy by the name of uh, Hildry or something like that, mm-hmm. and he was from Czechoslovakia when uh, when uh, war in Europe ended. They were chasing the Czechs, and he moved from Czechoslovakia mm-hmm. here for just to get out of the, really? the war. And uh, he became he was really close friends of Bert's. And Birch was a, an Olympic gym, gymnast from wherever Bert was from. I'm yeah. not sure what country. But anyhow, he, uh, uh, this Hildry came in, and I, I was swimming with the Drynans. Uh, the Drynan family was from, mm-hmm. remember Dr. Drynan? Uh-huh. His kids and, and him, oh, God, they were all, they were all swimmers. Severs's were around there then. Uh, oh God, there's another lady went into the uh, Hall of Fame. They lived down on Platinum Street, and he was he was a swimmer then. But anyhow, this this guy got us interested in playing. He said, "You guys are all pretty good swimmers. Do you ever play? You know?" And we said, "No, we don't even know what it is." <laughs> you know? And he says, "Well, you you'd be good at water polo." So he'd rope the pool off, and the only place we could swim was in the deep part of the pool where we couldn't touch the bottom. Yeah. And he would, he would, I mean, he worked with us and worked with us, and we just loved the game. It was yeah. fun, you know. And uh, but anyhow, we went to we went to uh, Mile City, and Mile City had a big swim meet and soccer championships, the United States Junior Soft Soccer, or not soccer water polo championships and uh, we went there and their swimming pool I don't know if you know this is in the river and they they kind of made a little little lagoon and that's where they made their pool and they had a nice and the pool is still there I went by it a couple years ago really I didn't know that and and, uh, but we went there and that was oh god what year was I don't know 50 
My dad had a 56 Mercury then, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> so it was right close around there. But uh, anyhow, we went there and we beat a team named the Denver Truckers for the National Junior Championship. Really? And so because of that, we got invited to go play in San Francisco in the Olympic swimming pool. And we didn't know how we were going to get there and get there. And the reason I brought up the 56 Mercury, yeah. I was the oldest on the team at the time. And I think I was 18. It was 18 or 19. Yeah. And uh, I asked my dad if I could use the car, and he went crazy. <laughs> Just went crazy. I ain't going to use that car, and you're not going to do this. And my mom was always a persuader. Yeah. And she'd also always say, oh, Gordy, they'll never get a chance, you know, to do this again. <laughs> so I took the car, and somebody else got a car from one of their folks. Yeah, so we go, to, we go to San Francisco. We're playing the Olympic Club in San Francisco. And the Olympic Club is a building like this. But the pool sat in the middle, and there was balconies, like four or five stories above it, all around it. Well... We get in there and we're playing teams like El Segundo. Mm -hmm. And at that time, the Olympics were going on, kind of, they were coming up. Yeah. And El Segundo had a whole bunch of Olympic swimmers on the team, you know. <laughs> and we played, I'll tell you who we played. We played the New York Athletic Club, we played Chicago Athletic Club, and we played El Segundo. You know mm -hmm. how many goals we scored? Huh. One. One goal. <laughs> <laughs> and we all, we all got sick after the first game. The pool's all salt, salt water. Oh, really? In downtown San Francisco. The saltwater pool. Saltwater pool. Now, I don't know if it still is, but it was yeah. then. But uh, wow, that was, that was a hell of an experience. I mean, it was just, you know, we're a bunch of white-eyed Butte kids. Never yeah. been out of town before. Yeah. We're looking around. But, yeah, it was, it was pretty neat. That. Yeah. And to play water polo, though, you, I remember watching that. And I remember watching the 84 Olympics. I first started watching water polo, thinking how long those guys had to tread water for. Oh, boy. You, know, you got to be in shape well, to play I, water polo. I, and, I, and, they were, and they knew what to do. They were, they'd been playing water polo for a long yeah. time. Here yeah. we are, a bunch of snot-nosed kids, yeah. really. And, uh, but you can't, the pool is deep. You can't touch the bottom yeah. in, a, in a water polo match. And that pool there was, you couldn't touch the bottom of that pool yeah. in any place. <laughs> and, yeah, but they, they, uh, they would let their toenails grow and stuff like that, these yeah. players. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying all of them, but and they would, they would hook your, I mean, we learned a lot of lessons real yeah. quick. They would hook your trunks with their foot, and they would push you down, that force them up, and then they could force the ball faster. Oh. To throw the ball, you know. Yeah, and, tricks uh, of the trade. Boy, huh? Yeah, tricks of the trade. You yeah. know, here's, here's us. I won't call us dummies, but we were. <laughs> <laughs> From Montana, you know, we're trying to fight them yeah. off. And they're just, they're almost drowning us. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fun. It was a good experience, you know. Yeah, I think water polo would be really fun to play as long as I could stand well, up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good game, really. Yeah. And, and uh, you, well, if you didn't have somebody substitute in, you got tired pretty fast. Yeah, because those games weren't short. No, they weren't. Yeah, no. you're out there for a long yeah. time. But yeah, I, I remember that because I, I can remember looking. I don't know if it was in the paper, looking at something somewhere where, some of the swimmers from that El Segundo team, 
were an, uh, Olympic swimmers yeah. in that, that next Olympics. Wow. I can remember that. But, but it was what did, it what, was, did, what did that trip though? Huh? Yeah, Harry Harry Romero was one of them. He he, he played with us. And I'm just trying to think of all the players. Uh, it was oh we had fun. Yeah. Did your dad's uh, car make it back? Well, oh, yeah, a we we made it back. <laughs> God, if I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. Did he walk around <laughs> inspecting everything? Oh like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. Good times. Yeah. Good times. That's funny. But. And then, of course, I, I joked earlier to, that you you didn't have a day off in 50 years, but I really don't think you did. I used to see you every single day. It'd be Sunday, whatever. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't take too many days. Yeah. And I, I don't. I can't. I know I took a couple sick leave days over, you know. Yeah. But I I really didn't take a day off. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, I went places all. Don't, don't yeah. think I just stayed. With, Work for the city and county yeah. all the time. I, I did things. I was flexible. Yeah. I had some good, uh, very, very good uh, uh, bosses that I worked for. Pretty understanding, and I think for the reason because I was busy most of the time. Yeah. You know, when you work in, uh, when you work in park, park and recreation, you don't have sa Saturdays and Sundays off. No. And you don't have evenings off because yeah. that's when people were out doing things, you know, more so. Yeah. Not that they're not all day, but if you weren't around, you'd really have problems. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, because you Just, were always there during... I remember my family used to work the concession stand sometimes, the skating club did. around the concession yeah. stand Joe. for the... For the at the you started at the softball field. Your mother's name, yeah. Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, so we'd be out there, and you were always there. If you Sometimes you were umpiring. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. you're, of course, you'd see it during the day, it'd, it'd rain, because it didn't take much to rain out those, oh, God. those fields, and you'd be, you'd, <laughs> you'd be out there, and there'd be a ton of water, and you're out there with the shovel, buckets, and Bucket, yeah. and you you would uh, have it ready to play that night. Quite a bit of time. Yeah. By yourself, you'd be out there. Well, I had a lot of good help. Yeah, but I, there's a lot of times I saw you by yourself out there on yeah. the field. Yeah, I did that. I, yeah. I kind of enjoyed it. That was a good outlet, doing some physical work and stuff. Yeah. Sitting and go do this, go do yeah. that. <laughs> and you were, uh, what were the rec director for close to 50 years, wasn't it? 45, 50 yeah. years? Yeah, 40, 46, 47. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then you retired in 2012? Yes. And I think we're on our third Parks and Rec director since, we are. <laughs> since yeah, you retired. We are. Yeah. God, they were good. Glad to get rid of me. <laughs> so it's, it, it's it, not not necessarily an easy job. Although JP stepped up from yeah. Parks and no, Rex to they've, they've mayor, a chief executive. I call him mayor because of the ghost show. They call him Mayor Gallagher. <laughs> he's always oh, they're doing good. Yeah. Laz is Laz, good guy for that job. Yeah. You know, he's just he knows how to handle the public. Yeah. He really does. He's, yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's good at it. People yeah. appreciate that. Well, and you were you were good at it too, though. Of course, you, softball, the scheduling of softball games when you were in charge back in the heyday there was must have been a nightmare. Because I remember it used to be like a whole page long almost the schedule yeah. in the Montana Standard. We used to do that every uh, we'd, we'd schedule that every week, and it'd be in the paper every yeah. Sunday. There's fields Sunday all or, over. Sunday or yeah. Monday, it'd be in the paper, and we had uh, you know at one time we had twenty. 23 or 26 fields and people yeah. don't believe that but we had fields on every vacant corner yeah you know? we up in were, walkerville i remember playing in walkerville if you hit a home run there and it went down by pisser's palace there you'd, <laughs> they'd run everybody wanted to hit a homer that yeah. way so they'd go have a beer or something yeah you know? 
But yeah, we had, we were there. We we're out at Charlie Brown's, all the way out on the, that's down on the, on the cutoff to Whitehall. That was down yeah. there. But we had, we we had fields all over. There wasn't there a field right by the old uh, Legion Hall, where the race used to finish there. There by was. The, yeah. There there's was. like uh, there's a bunch of storage sheds there now. Yeah, yeah. There was a field there. Yeah, we. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We had fields all over. Yeah, because you were lucky if you got to play Casey, in Casey Street, you yeah. know, in there. But that was all rocks. Oh yeah. God, it was just all rock. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. I remember that field. My dad playing the game in that field by the the Legion, and you were there. And I got a foul ball, and you weren't supposed to keep the foul balls. No. But, but uh, <laughs> I remember I had the, in the where there was a pen in the car, and I wrote my name on that ball a million places. You came by and looked at the ball and. You knew, you knew what I did. <laughs> but at that point, you knew there did was I nothing. Did I chew you? I didn't chew you out. No, no. You said, oh, is that your ball? Like, yep, see, my name's on it. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, well, we, well, we you did know. have fields. We had fields all over town. Yeah. All over. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really was, was rare. I remember looking, we'd look at the schedule, see where my dad played that week, because, you know, we were hoping it was Stodden. And right. it, it wasn't Stodden very often. You know, it was a big yeah. deal when we got to play at Stodden. Yeah. And yeah, it was... <laughs> We had, uh, I, I think the most teams we had was 156, but I read yeah. one place where we had 186. But really? Yeah. And a tournament and every weekend. A, a tournament every weekend. And that's when Butte was kind of, uh, we were kind of the forerunners yeah. of softball in the state, us in Great Falls, and, and no, no other towns yeah. really had it. Really? So everybody would come here or Great Falls to play. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we had tournament every weekend. But scheduling, you know, I had uh, Rick Sparks work for me for a couple of years. Oh, yeah, Dale Sparky, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and he, he would do it. He was good. Yeah. I mean, Rick was just, he, he, Rick was good at everything he did. Yeah. You know, if he got his mindset. He wasn't very good housekeeper. He lived in my house for a year. And, <laughs> and, uh, he, and he, he didn't cook very well either. He had yeah. grease all over the place. So if you knew Sparky, you yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but uh, he was—he uh, helped uh, a lot in yeah. those real busy times with scheduling. Really? That, yeah, yeah, he did. And we'd sit up there and we'd go through it. Because if you had a mistake or double down on a field, then you really hurt. Yeah, you know? which is easy to do. Easy to do. Yeah. yeah. So. We set up some cheat sheets and things like that. We had a pretty good system. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was now with all the technology and everything. It's a little be, easier. Yeah. Be a little easier, less time consuming. Yeah. Schedule schedule took a long yeah. time. Lone Peak Physical Therapy is your premier privately owned physical therapy, occupational therapy, certified hand therapy, pelvic health, and personal training facility located right here in beautiful Butte, Montana. With over 21 years of experience, our team here at Lone Peak is hyper-focused on you, your goals, and finding a way to help you get better faster. We provide one-on-one -on -one care with the highest quality specialized services. Are you tired of dealing with your low back pain, arthritis, carpal tunnel, neck pain, headaches, and shoulder pain? Did you just have a recent surgery? Do you struggle with feeling off balance or do you get dizzy during your day? How about a custom splint built for your hand and wrist? Did you recently have a baby and now your body feels tremendously foreign to you? Look no further. We are here for you and ready to help you move better and feel better every step of the way. You do not need a doctor's referral to come in and see us. We accept health insurance and also offer comprehensive self-pay options. Don't settle for mediocre healthcare. Your journey to living better and getting back to doing what you love can start today. 
give us a call at 406-494-7050 or visit our website at LonePeakPT.com to speak to an expert now. Are you looking for somewhere to watch your favorite teams play or just somewhere to meet your friends? Or are you looking for a place to hold your big celebration or cater your private event? Look no further than Metal's Sports Bar and Grill. They can do it all. With their 31 big screen televisions, you will not miss a second of action, and a full menu of cooked-to-perfection favorites is sure to please. Try the Vault Burger, raise fingers, or one of Chef T's specialty items. Or just enjoy a drink and some friendly company with Dave and the staff as you take in the action at Metal Sports Bar and Grill. Metal Sports Bar and Grill is located on the corner of Park and Main in historic Uptown Butte. Stop by today or check out their menu at metalsportsbarandgrill.com. Metal Sports Bar and Grill, where the food is the star. There's no story so good that a drink from Park Street Liquors won't make it better. From the finest whiskeys and regional spirits to the latest RTDs and select wines, Park Street Liquors has all the ingredients to make your parties and stories legendary. Park Street Liquors can also assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menus. You name it and Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew at 133 West Park Street or call 406-782-6278. Make your stories legendary. 5518 Designs is your uptown Butte destination for all of your apparel and gift needs. 5518 offers their own line of in-house designed and locally produced apparel celebrating what we love about Butte and our Montana lifestyle. You'll also find outdoor essentials such as Chaco sandals, Dekine backpacks and gear, and Kabu apparel and packs. Something for the whole family. Visit 5518 Designs at 27 North Main Street in the heart of historic Uptown Butte and online at shop5518.com. And then when you weren't working for the county, though, you were refereeing something. Somewhere. Your football, yeah. umpiring. That was my outlet. Yeah, no basketball. Yeah. That, that really was really. my outlet. What was your favorite sport to officiate? Uh, football. Yeah. But I, I, I liked them all. I yeah. did. I, uh, I had fun doing that yeah. all the time. Well, football is uh, the one you did the longest, right? I did, yes. Until yeah. your, what was your knee? You couldn't take it anymore? My, with your my knee? neck. I had my oh, neck. Oh, it was your neck. Yeah, That's I right. Your neck had. operated on it. And uh, so that kind of that kind of did it. Yeah, but it wasn't that long ago. It was just a few years ago. Yeah. About four, five years ago, yeah. I guess it is. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, football. I liked football better. We had uh, uh, hell. I liked them all. Yeah. I can't say. I well, can't. you did. You were higher up in football. You mean you did Big Sky Conference, it, Frontier yeah. Conference. You did Frontier basketball too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was fortunate enough. You know, I knew. I. Uh, when I got into the Big Sky Conference, I had worked for Sonny Holland and Carlson. He was from, he was a coach from Great Falls. Mm-hmm. Who else? Uh, and, and you had to have letters of recommendation to get into the Big Sky. Oh, really? And you still do. Yeah. I mean, but uh, I had those coaches. Well, it just happened to be they had moved from high school to college couple of years prior yeah. and they all knew me and that that helped yeah i, I was fortunate good guys have on your side yeah and i and i was there i did that 30 years in, in the big sky and that was rewarding and they were all rewarding yeah you know, they, they just when you guys traveled quite a bit for that the big sky oh boy 
every, we'd leave, we'd leave every Friday. We had to be on site for a game on Friday at five o'clock. If we had a game on Saturday, we had to all be together at five o'clock on a Friday night. And what would happen is you went through your game from the week before and everything was, everything was scripted out, meaning every play was scripted. And what were you doing on that play? And what weren't you doing? And why didn't you make that call? Why did you make that call? Yeah. And it was like being in kindergarten. <laughs> you got, everybody got a, a, a sheet of the game, uh. of the whole game, a, a, place, a play sheet of the whole game. And it was like getting a kindergarten red mark. If you found <laughs> a red mark on your page, you knew you did something, they're gonna question you. Wow. And so you would go through, and each position would do that. Yeah. Go through, and they'd go down the, the game. And uh, it was, uh, we'd do that Friday night, of course, yeah. and we'd all go out and have dinner and things. Never drank. Yeah. Never drank on Friday. Very, very felt seldom. I really can't remember ever drinking on a Friday night with all the guys. We just didn't do it. Yeah. It, because you didn't want somebody, of course, seeing you have a drink. Yeah, last thing you want. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we just never did it. We had enough sense not to do that. Saturday was a different thing, you know, we'd finish a game, but when we finish a game, you would finish a game and you had to go in and you had a post game, sit no, down with all the no, officials, break it all down. and the observer would come in, and, and you would break down the whole game, and the observer would come in and he'd say, hey Rolo, how, why didn't you have a flag on that uh, call over there? I'd say, I yeah. didn't have it yet. Well, I seen that different or something, yeah. you'd talk it out and hash it out, Another official would step in and say, well, I didn't see anything either, you know. But uh, so you, you went through that type of thing, and you did that for about an hour after the yeah. game. Then you got to go shower, and then we'd all go out, unless we had officials from everywhere catching a plane or something yeah. you know, the next day. But most of the time, we'd go out on Saturday, you know, after the game, BS, have our wives, have yeah. our girlfriends, whomever yeah. with us, you know. And, uh, but it was... Uh, yeah, it was fun trip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think people see that side of the the scrutinized side that you guys, the no. officials have. They you know, don't. it's not like you just show up at a game, yeah. referee it, and there's no accountability, and you leave. And you've got film clips. You got the film clip of every yeah. call, every single yeah. call, with with your, you know, with your yeah. play play sheet. Did you get scrutinized when you called Josh Paffhausen out of the back of the end zone oh, on that nice time. catch? All the time. <laughs> I, I remember he did that. Went to, to, to Eastern, Eastern Washington. He Eastern had to catch Washington. it. And he, had, he, he makes a great catch in the back of the end zone. And there's, who's the guy standing there giving it the incomplete side? It was Bob Rollins from Butte, America. It was the last game at Doran Blazer Field. Oh, you no, this was in Eastern Washington, that one. Well, that one was. Okay. Yeah. But Dorn, yeah. your last game at Dorn Blazer. Last game at Dorn Blazer was Eastern Washington, yeah. Montana. And it was a, it was a, it was a good game. Yeah. But I, I happened to be where I was supposed to be. First of all. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I, if I'd have been, gone one way or another, they just said. You know, well, yeah, he, nobody around there. But I was in the corner where, where I was supposed to be. Yeah. And I made the call, and I, <laughs> I can remember. And the Grizz end up winning the game. Yeah. Well, now I'm a Grizz fan. You know. Well, yeah. I'm not a Grizz. I'm. I'm not saying I'm not yeah. a Grizz fan. I, but that's what you're accused yeah, of, yeah. That's what I was accused of. And <laughs> but anyhow, I can remember 
and Dick Zorns was a coach yeah. of Eastern Washington, and he taught, coached at Tech. Oh. He was up at Tech for a while. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. <laughs> and it was funny, but he, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the papers from Spokane and that there was a guy from Spokane. I think his name was Blanchard or something. Blanchett. Blanchett. Yeah. That's who it was. He used to work at the Missoulian and he, and yeah, with Bruce. And he, and was a sport, he was yeah. a sports uh, director in Spokane. Yeah. I think it was Spokane. Yeah. And Spokesman review. He'd yeah. have articles in the paper saying, did that little Bobby Ro No, well, Zorns used to say, that little Bobby Rollins, that's, you know. <laughs> and I'd say, little Dicky Zorns, you know. We started getting into it after yeah. this. But uh, the supervisor of officials, they, they, uh, he called me up and he says, hey, Rollo, he said, do uh, you mind working Eastern Washington the next year? And, and I said, no, why would I mind now? He said, well, you know, all the flack you took and all that stuff. I said, I, I, I don't mind. Yeah. You know, so I went out and worked, and, and, and uh, the paper, I mean, this like a couple years after that famous call, whatever yeah. they called it, and uh, the Blanch, Blanchett, yeah. whatever. Blanchett, yeah. yeah Blanchett. He, he'd have in, the, have in the paper, and... Dickie Zorns feels like a whore on Saturday night when he comes when Bobby Rollins works his games. <laughs> That's what he and that was in the paper. I mean yeah. that wall oh, Christ. Oh I, man. I think I still have a copy of it. That's home. awesome. I'll have to look for yeah. that. Yeah, it's oh it was it was he used to get on on me and Zorns would get on. Yeah. I, I I go to work a game in Eastern one time, and I have nothing against Orange. We just we never got along when he was a tech. Yeah. You know, but that's beside the point. But, yeah. But uh, and I'm sure he didn't respect me, and I didn't respect him. That's <laughs> just how it was. Yeah. You know, but I didn't go out of my way to ding him over. Yeah. You know, and he knew that. Yeah. But he'd he'd stand at Eastern Washington. He'd come out of the uh, gymnasium, and it was like. A half a mile from the football field, so he had to walk all the way up. He had to follow the teams out on the field. Yeah. Well, my position, I had to check. I'd check all the pylons, and I'd check all. And I was a timer. That was my position. Yeah. And, but, I can remember walking out, and I was with two guys from Great Falls at the time. A guy named Floyd Dawson, and uh, Kenny Leland. And uh, Kenny Leland, he, he did Frontier, and he had the big. Bushy haircut. You would remember him if you yeah. see him. He's about six six. Okay, big, big guy. tall guy. And uh, and uh, we all went. You know, we drove off together. <laughs> yeah, we're going out on the field, and Dick Zorns is like this, standing out on the field, <laughs> twenty yard line. So he, right, because uh, you had to, the teams would come out right at the goalpost. Yeah. And and we'd have to come out and get him. You know, we'd have to get in certain positions. That was part of our. <laughs> deal yeah and uh, but Zorns is standing there and Kenny Leland come over to me and he said oh, oh Rollo <laughs> he's waiting for you <laughs> and I said yeah I see him <laughs> you know? so I'd go out and do it and he knew I had to be in that position yeah so I'd just go out get my position I wouldn't say nothing he yeah. we'd look at each other <laughs> but it was just it was just one of them things yeah you know but <laughs> it was funny oh god yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was.
but you always wondered. You thought, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> were, were there a lot of coaches that like that were tough to deal no. with? No, and, and, and most of them were good. And he, he was good. I'm not, not saying yeah. he was bad. He just, yeah. We just just had your differences. Yeah, we yeah. had our differences. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't always just football either yeah. because of our times when he was a coach at Tech. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, but we respected each other, yeah. you know. But it was, <laughs> I think. Don't yeah. ask him that. Well, if, <laughs> do you get do you get less guff in football because you're such a big field, because you can't hear it as much compared well, to basketball where you're closer to them? You know, I never, I never ever really heard yeah. anything. I heard a <clears throat> all the yeah. time the crowd. Yeah. And I, and it was just there was a couple voices I always heard. Yeah. You know, and, and I won't tell you who they are, <laughs> but. Uh, General, generally, <laughs> generally, no. I never, I never yeah. really heard voices. Yeah. But th there was a few, and, and I usually got along with the coaches very well. Yeah. And I, you know, and I had a tendency, working football, working basketball, working girls basketball. You know, I, I had a tendency to always talk to the people that I was covering. Yeah. And I'd always hit them on the rear end. I'd always give them this. Yeah. And I'd say. Hey, watch it. I got you. Yeah. Or, I, or I'd hit them and say, hey, good play. Yeah. You know, and so they knew I was around all the time. Yeah. And, but I used to do that all the time. And I in basketball, I did that a lot. I'd hit them on the rear and I'd yeah. say, hey, watch it. Yeah. You know, that's a foul. That's not a foul or something like that. But when they, I had a tough time adjusting to the girls because of that. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, can't be uh, smacking them on the Yeah, lights. you can't be smacking <laughs> them, you know. But <laughs> working a Western game, John, John Sullivan. Yeah. He married a girl from, I don't they were both going to Western at the time. Yeah. And she was a twin, and she was from up north, I'm not sure. But they were little short gals, and they were just fiery as hell. Yeah. And uh, they, you know, we'd always. The one would always come up and say, hey, Grandpa, how you doing? You know, stuff. And she was just that way. Yeah. Just a spirited girl. You know, and she'd come up and she'd go, hit you on the ass. Like that. <laughs> That's what you do. Yeah. You know, and I'd go, geez, I can't be doing that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but she, it was John Sullivan's wife. Yeah. You know Sully. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, but you know, I, I think he's divorced now. Yeah, he's divorced he, her, married, remarried. Yeah, he's working yeah. in Anaconda now. He's a super right. over there. Yeah. So, he, he was heckling me my first my first high school basketball games I refereed. I went over with John Kinzel and we did JV boys oh. and girls games in oh, the Fred okay. Moodry gym. Yeah. And I, there's a timeout and I hear somebody yelling about the referee up there. And I look at their Sullivan <laughs> laughing at me. So one of my childhood heroes is heckling me in my first I, game. For a while there, I thought he was still on Whitehall for some reason. I know he, yeah. was, he was there. And then he, but he's, he's done a good job where he's been. Yeah, he 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 convinced uh, Dan Sullivan to come on the podcast last week. Oh, did he? Yeah, Dan was Dan big, was big, reluctant. Big Dan? Yeah, Big Dan oh, was God. reluctant. He, he, was he? Which is crazy because he he likes to talk as much as anybody. He does. <laughs> but he, he he was he wasn't sure what a podcast was. I he don't think so. He didn't sing San Francisco for you, did he? No, I I tried to get him to, but he no, was he notorious didn't. for that. Yeah, that <laughs> left my heart in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. and he was he, at a t one time he was good. Yeah. Yeah, he says he sings to himself uh, at home. He says it's better than talking to himself. <laughs> so I played fast pitch with those guys yeah. from the deluxe. That's way back, too. 
the printing are all gone. Yeah. Yeah, fast pitch softball. That must have been so much fun to play. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of in the end, you know, we just go to hell on a, we just go to hell on a, on either Tuesday or Thursday nights. Helen had a couple teams. There was only one team here. Yeah. And uh, we go up there and play. We had some tough trips coming home, but it was. Yeah. And you said you caught Larry Ferguson. Caught Larry Ferguson. Was he a pretty good pitcher? He was a good pitcher. Larry came from Plentywood. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was a good pitcher. Bill Roberts, Jerry Lyons were pitchers. Oh, Jerry. Yeah. Jerry was fast. He could throw. Is that uh, Rick, Rick Stad? Yeah. 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 He was. He, he was fast. Yeah. Roberts could throw anything he wanted. He'd, he'd kill me back there catching. <laughs> You'd call for a rise ball or something. He'd yeah. throw, he, you know, he'd dump one on you yeah. or something. I'd get banged. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I wasn't a very good catcher. Yeah. <laughs> Did, I, I had uh, Bonesy Thatcher on here a few weeks ago oh, on okay. the podcast, and he talked about why they wanted a referee. You know, they were meeting people. You know, they were asking how who, who's all here because they love the game. And yeah. They all raise their hands except for Bonesy. So who's here just to support the kids and. They all raise their hands except for Bones. <laughs> and he's like, well, Mike, why are you, why are you here? And he goes, because I heard when you guys leave on for a trip, cover a game on Friday, you don't come home till Monday. <laughs> so there was some characters there. I well, mean, some of the, some of the trips, I, I'd, I'd kill to go back in time and go on a trip to referee with Bill Hogart and some of those guys. There must have been some I'm fun. I'm not getting into that. <laughs> Hoagie and Hoagie and Stevens and Peeps. The peeps, yeah. <laughs> Hoagie Stevens, who, who else? I've just. Did you ever referee like Froggy Hole? Oh yeah, yeah. He was quite the character. He Another a, singer he, too. He was a character. Yeah, he he was a character. Yeah, some of his songs are on YouTube. And, like his. Uh, are they? His uh, BYU oh, to Blue yeah. Bayou. Oh. It, it's on. It's <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah, they sent me a link. Yeah. His, his daughter sent we me. We used to tra travel the football games. He, he worked. He worked the Big Sky yeah. for a while. And I worked a couple games with him. Yeah. But uh, that was only about two years. Yeah, but some of those great characters, Gitch Combo. Oh. Some of the guys, I can't imagine how much fun some of those football trips must have been. <laughs> I won't get into it. Yeah. Well, didn't you, told, <laughs> you told us on the radio one time, didn't you guys, you guys were like, didn't you drive on 990 before it was even open? We Coming op back from a We game? opened it. You opened it. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that was the first playoff game, football playoff game I had. Yeah. And it was Great Falls played Missoula Sentinel. It was in Missoula. Yeah. And I was on the game with Don Peoples, myself, uh, Pat Connors from Anaconda. <laughs> he was Parks and Rec Director in Anaconda. And that's Pat Connors' dad. Yeah. That worked up at, you know, at the stock exchange. Uh, oh boy, Schulte. Yeah. He was Jack Schulte. Jack, okay. He was from Anaconda. He, he lived in Anaconda, and he was the brother of Bob's. Yeah. And who else was on the game with us? Oh, the main one, Kello. Oh, yeah, Kello, yeah. Kello. Kello's driving. He's a referee. He had a gun on him, usually, didn't he? Oh, yeah. But <laughs> he was U.S. Marshal. <laughs> but this is, uh, this is before the interstates opened. Yeah. So we go, we go to Missoula, and that's and it's my first playoff game in high school and it was I, don't, I think it was a semi-final game yeah. and anyhow we worked a game and of course <laughs> we 
we go to the Missoula Club after, you know. <laughs> and we indulge a little too much. <laughs> and anyhow, we're coming home. We hit East Missoula. Being the rookie official, Rolo. Yeah. Kello says, hey, Rolo, pull that, that barricade off the highway. We're taking the highway. We're taking the interstate. Interesting. Yeah. We don't know if the bridges are open or not. <laughs> we, I'm not kidding yeah. you. We come all the way home. All the bridges were in, but they, the interstate was not open at the time. Yeah. We take the interchange at Anaconda. We pull in the Anaconda, and in Anaconda, I think it was the Reno Club at the time. Yeah. We pull. I'm a, I'm a young guy. They're all old guys. No, you know. <laughs> and we pull in there, and. And uh, we have a few drinks, and uh, the, the sheriff of city police comes in, police chief comes in, and he says, this car's that parked out there in, in front of the Reno Club. And there was there was angle parking at the time. Yeah. And, and, and Kello parked right behind all those cars, right in the street. <laughs> <laughs> Kello says, it's mine. And he says, well, you have to move it. And he says, I'm not moving it. <laughs> I'm a U.S. Marshal. I'm not moving it. So they had it out. Pretty soon he moved the car. Yeah. <laughs> and we come home. But tough trip. Scary trip. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't know if those bridges are. Oh, God. You know, he wasn't driving slow. <laughs> Kello, he, <laughs> oh, he was a character. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was and a good he, official, too, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he was. He'd get carried away. and He'd, he'd yeah. do his thing. But he was a good official. He always wore a white glove, and I always thought, this, I always thought, you know, that goofy guy, he's doing that, driving everybody crazy, Yeah. and he's giving signals, and he's got the white glove on. Yeah. And I always thought, boy, you could pick that white glove up just like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. So if, if you were looking for a signal, it yeah, was he, easy to pick up. You saw his white glove. You saw his white glove. It never yeah. happened. Yeah. But yeah, he, yeah. We had some good. Yeah. We had some good trips. Yeah, and, and I it, don't want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, well, the statute of limitations might not be up in some of them, that's right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, there's some. We lost a couple of good officials this year to re, last in the last couple of years to retirement. With Mike Anderson, of course, right. is as good as anybody. That's right. And then Ned, and Ned, Ned Ellingwood retired. Yeah. So uh, you know, and it's uh, of course it's a struggle. Like you know, you 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 were on the radio show with us a couple of times talking about how the need for getting new officials. Right, and it's always a struggle, but it seems like the, the, the numbers are pretty low. Yeah, everywhere you now go. I heard, I heard the numbers in basketball. What do you? There's 39 officials. Yeah, or something. I think we actually got went up a couple this year. And that's that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, well, and, they had me and Ron Haskett. We had a combined age of 104, and we were doing some games <laughs> together. Didn't, we didn't have a year of experience yet, and they kept calling us the young guys. <laughs> Haskett, I'm glad you're doing it. I mean, yeah. it's you. It's uh, recruiting officials is a, is a tough thing to do. A, yeah. a, a guy or a gal's got to got to have have something that's saying, "Why don't I go do this?" You yeah. Know? And if they do it for a couple of years, they're they're socked in. Yeah. Because it's it's fun, and you're giving back, and uh, and just just the connections you make. Yeah. You know, I know so many people, and. So many people know me. I mean, from all over. I yeah. I can't go any place because of officiating that I don't run into someone that I know. 
Yeah. You know, now the last the last few years as I age, it's it doesn't happen as frequently. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's the rewards and the people you meet yeah. and the coaches you meet are just unbelievable. They're just they're lifelong yeah. memories. Yeah. You know. And they're good people. Yeah. They're all work they're all working for kids. Yeah. You know? And that's what it's all about. It really is. That's what it's about. Yeah. I mean, if you're not doing, I don't care what kind of job, recreation, officiating, you know, parks. Yeah. It's, you're just helping somebody out. That's what it's about. Casa Grande Steakhouse serves steak and so much more. You cannot beat their seasoned, hand-cut Rocky Mountain ground beef. But did you know about their menu filled with made-to-order pastas, chicken sautés, mouth-watering seafood, appetizers, enticing desserts, or their most recent addition, sushi? Thursday nights are sushi nights at Casa Grandas, where you will be welcomed as a part of the family. Casa Grandas can also handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Visit Casa Grande Steakhouse inside the historic Bertoglio Warehouse at 801 South Utah Avenue in Uptown Butte. Call 406-723-4141 for reservations. Check out their menu at casagrandesteakhouse.com. Casa Grande Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat. Dig City Supply has everything you need to cheer on your Montana Tech or diggers with the largest selection of locally designed and produced fully licensed apparel and gifts. Bulldog and Maroon fans can shop their huge selection of fan gear for your teams and schools as well as a wide selection of Butte themed items. Modern, classic, wear your pride from Dig City Supply, a division of 5518 Designs located across from the parking garage at 43 West Park Street in Uptown Butte or online at digcitysupply.com. Visiting your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops was already your favorite stop of the day. Now, it is even better. Join the brand new Thriftway Loyalty Club to rack up big discounts, earn free stuff, and receive more TLC with every visit. Download the TLC app and take advantage of great deals on pizza, grab-and-go favorites, fresh brewed coffee, cool fountain drinks, and much, much more at your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops. Loyalty Club members also save five cents per gallon off top-tier conical fuel every single day. Plus, earn points at the pump and in the store. This message is brought to you by Anode Designs in Anaconda. I know what you're all thinking. Foley, you twit. Why are you letting this Anaconda hack get connected with the Buttecast? Well, folks, money talks. Anode Designs is a printing and direct-to-garment shop in Anaconda. But that's not all we do. We actually specialize in embroidery and graphic design. We also dabble in sign creation and vinyl banners, also decals for your motor vehicles. Now, there are so many great options for screen printers out there. Take 5518, for example. You all know the work John and company do in Butte. And like me, they support local guys like this who started a podcast. Really original. But if your current printer is too busy to get your job done in a timely fashion, why not give us a try? For a limited time only, all new businesses who place an order with Anode Designs will get their screen, embroidery, and graphic design origination fees waived. Just call 406-563-0121 or email anodedesignsllc at gmail.com and use the code FOLEYWHO during the consultation. Anode Designs is a proud supporter of the Buttecast and is pushing hard to get more Anaconda talent on the show. Don't just take it from me. Listen to the buttery smooth voice of a Butte legend tell you. 
There's two things we like about Butte. It's 24 miles away and Tom O'Neill. Welcome to Copperhead Country. How many officials that refereed did so because of your persistence? Because I remember Mike Lyons one time telling me he was retired. He was done. It was his last game. Yep. Then the next year there was the first game. There's Mike Lyons referee. And I said, I thought you retired. He said, Rolo wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Rolo you know, scheduled me anyway. <laughs> well, you, you know... When I worked, uh, when I, when I worked for Peeps, you know, we had the independent basketball leagues and we had flag football leagues, things yeah. like that. And I got everybody thinks that Hogart and Stevens started officiating way before I did. Yeah. Not true. Yeah. I recruited them. Did you really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I said, come on. I was buddies with him. We just go have a beer once in a while together. And I was buddies. He said, where have you been tonight? And I said, better place than you've been. You know? <laughs> and, and so I recruited. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, but I probably was doing it 20 years before they even started. Yeah. You know? and, uh, but I got them started. They got a few more started. And uh, we had really good pools. We had people that could take care of. You know, like City League basketball. Yeah. That was like City League fight night, you know, yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And you had to have guys, at that time, there was no women. Yeah. And you, but you had to have guys that could take care of people. I mean, talking to them and getting through stuff. Because they used to be, God, football, we used to have the job corps come in and play. You know, we played flag football every Sunday Yeah. yeah. at Clark Park. We had two fields. They'd bring two, two buses. And at that time, they were inner city kids yeah. at the job court. And, and, and there, was a, there was a lot of stuff going on. And you had to watch. We had problems. It wasn't easy and, officiating. Well, it wasn't easy officiating. And, and uh, God, you'd, you'd keep fights from happening. And you had to. You had to have the right kind of people to handle them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after, after a while, it was fine. But every year starting out, first couple of weeks, it'd be a nightmare. And then everything had kind of settled in. Everybody, you know, patting everybody on the <laughs> rear end. <and laughs> beat the heck out of each yeah. other, you know. But, yeah, it was. And we had the job corps played in our city leagues. We had basketball leagues. We had like 28 teams. Yeah. You know, there, there was a lot of being a, a new official then. You had, there's a lot of places you could cut your teeth before you had to go up in the big stage and do high school. That's right. That's like I was talking with Mike Hogart, and, you know, he's just talking. I, I did a couple games. I did two JV or junior high games with Mike Anderson, and then I got JV basketball, sure. my second week JV. I mean, it would have been years before you got JV right. basketball back in the day. Back, yeah, it, it would have been, yeah. It, it's, you know, with the, with the official pools being low, you better be ready. Yeah. You know, and, and getting thrown into that is not an easy thing. No. Yes. Yeah. You have to maintain, and, and you have to, you have to talk. You have to be a negotiator with those people. You really do, yeah. and that's how you learn it. And the, the better you can do that, the better official you are. Yeah. You know? And biggest thing I think in officiating is, is, uh, is uh, the rapport you have with your fellow officials yeah. first of all, and then the rapport you have with the with the coaches and the kids. And that, and that gets you through a lot of bad situations if they arise. 
you know. Yeah. Because they. How are you today? They know they're there. Right, thank you. That you're there for them. Yeah. You know, not just for a buck. And I mean, it's, it was always good exercise for me. Yeah. Well, you didn't. Uh, they didn't have three men until late in your career, right? In no, basketball. they did. It was always two men. Yeah, it was always. A lot two more men. running than two men. A lot more, a lot more running. Yeah. And I got short legs. <laughs> so you had to work twice as hard so as the next guy. I had to work twice as hard. <laughs> I ran backwards a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I just. That's what I remember about that. I remember the backwards and then your travel call was always down Oh, low. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Skitty always talks about that. He oh, said travel. He, you know, Skitty gives me a lecture every time he sees me. He says, travels two times. That's it. You know, you don't not That's these it. nine yeah. times. You know. <laughs> yeah, he's got his fist closed two not times. Me. Yeah. yeah you I, had it down. I used to whip the travel and I'd take off running. Yeah. Like, Holy. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, it was fun. It yeah. was. But... Recruitment's a big thing. Yeah. You know, if you can, you know, they've tried going to the schools, and some pools do better than others. Yeah. You know, but if you get them young, that, that's hard to do sometimes. Yeah. People don't have the time or they don't want to take yeah. the time to do it. If they just, uh, like I said, if they did it a couple of years, then they're suckered in. Yeah. They're, they're there because it's, they're no better thing. Yeah. And the pay is a lot better now. Then yeah. it used to be. That's why I tell some of these college kids. I said, you know, I, I go Friday night, go work the JV in a freshman game. Yeah. That's ninety six bucks if you're in town. Yeah. Hundred bucks. Go to Anaconda, you're getting one hundred twenty, hundred thirty bucks. Yeah. You know, for travel. Yeah. And I said, you tell me you're doing, you're getting paid more than that. <laughs> Anywhere else? You know, that's yeah. That's, it's not that's, you know because you guys did it, but you never yeah. made that money. I mean, you probably never no. took forever before you made forty eight bucks a game. No, no. You know, I worked at I worked at the national championship game in in uh, Tacoma, and it was it was a B what is it whatever the Gris, whatever Grizzly yeah NC one double A yeah was that you know how much we got paid John John Maloney yeah. I don't know if you remember John I Maloney. remember John Maloney yeah. and John Maloney was a, a Butte guy yeah and uh, and he. Uh, he and I went out and worked the national championship game. We got paid seventy-five dollars. Seventy-five for the national championship game, and now they took care of our travel. Yeah, yeah but that's what, that's what we made. They make a lot more than that now. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know what they make yeah. now, but I know it's. I would say they're probably making maybe six, something like that. Yeah, you know, I would think. Yeah, and they make a heck of a lot more than that than. than in the big time. Yeah. You know, Dan, did you know Danny, uh, Aunt Nettie? I was just going to bring him up. I talked on the phone with him last week. Did you? Yeah, he called me because he said you got him into the Big Sky, which led to him going to the Big Ten, uh, Pac-10, Pac and now 10. the Pac-12. He's been there yeah. 27 years. Yeah. And now he's he's up in the booth, I believe. Yeah, he, he had a replacement. I can't remember if he said knee or hip replacement. And that, so then so he he's been upstairs. in the, the last seven years. Yeah. He's been the and he did, supervisor and, and of the him and him and uh, Jigs uh, Johnson, yeah. Joey Johnson. Yeah, you know, started in Big Sky. I think about the same time. Yeah, but uh, back back then, like for us guys from Montana, yeah. we couldn't go work in another conference. Really? Yeah, they had some goofy rule where you could go work in the Pac-10 or the Big Eight. Or, yeah. They couldn't do that if you didn't live in the state where they had a team. See, so those, so like Danny lived in Spokane, and, 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 and so he couldn't work. 
Yeah. So he started working the Pac-10. He started going to their clinics, and, and he finally got in there. He's a good official. Yeah, he, and he it, said he the only reason he's there is because of you. You got well, him in the big I, sky. I don't know about that. But, <laughs> you know, he, he he was one of those kids, you know, he was Ned's, Ned's buddy, you know. He went to school yeah. with Ned at the same time. He, oh. I used to kick him in the ass all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Aunt Nettie, he's uh, yeah. I'm gonna have him on the podcast there. Oh, are you? Yeah, in, oh, in the next couple of weeks. I'm they'll, gonna, they'll be good. Yeah, yeah. He, he'll have some good stories. Yeah, and I, I tried to do a story on on Jigs one time when I for Butte Sports when yeah. he was gonna be the he did the championship game. You know, he was like the back judge for right. and he's done a couple of them. Yeah, he's God the ball games. Yeah, but he good. said he, he didn't. Didn't real feel comfortable. Didn't think they'd let him just do a newspaper story on an official, you know, because officials are supposed to be, you're supposed to yeah. fade into the background, you oh, know, yeah. you yeah. know, you're not just supposed kinda, to get the publicity. Yeah. So uh, one of these days I'll get him when he's when he's done or yeah. in off season. But yeah, they they started. They were young. They got yeah. in. They they moved right away. Joyce Joyce good official. Yeah, yeah, you must yeah. be to get that. Yeah, he's good official. To work up to just, that high. Just smart, huh? Got to have this, you know. Yeah. You, you really do. You yeah. Have to. You just have to. Yeah. It just helps you through so much. You know? Yeah. And he and he knew the rules. He, I think he I think he had a photographic mind. Really? Yeah. I really just could do. see the book and he he just okay. he just knew all the rules. And Danny Antonetti was like that too. Yeah. I was a slow learner on the rules. <laughs> if I made a mistake, then I'd learn the rule. Yeah. That's how you. Learn. <laughs> Trial and error. Yeah, trial and error. Yeah. But Skinny, they always said, knows the rules as good as better than anybody. That's what I remember Thatcher one time said. Skinny hey, has a tough time applying in the right way. Yeah, that's what he said. He goes, he goes, uh, he goes. Thatcher says, hey, Mr. Rulebook. He goes, you might know the rules, but your shit's at uh, calling them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he said he helps. Mike's actually helped me out a ton. Oh, yeah. Working on my mechanics yeah. and stuff. and how to yeah. do things, you know, and he sat there and pointed out, they gave me the lecture to one game at Butte High, about an hour long, and we missed the first half, almost all the first half of the varsity game, because his lecture, he was telling me about lecture. stuff. Then we sat in the crowd together and watched the second half, and he's pointing out all the bad mechanics yeah, by, the, <laughs> by everybody. You see, you don't do it like that. What is that? You don't, that's yeah, not you, even a call. Don't do that like Rolo does. Yeah. <laughs> and he did, he, he brought up your, uh, well, I might have brought up your travel call. Yeah, you did. But, <laughs> but, to, but to, no, Skinny you know, knows rules. Yeah. yeah. He's, Skinny. But, but, Him uh, and Pat oh, yeah. used to ride around on them scooters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but well, and you passed on the, the officiating. Your son Rick is uh, he's in charge of the Butte pool now. Yeah, he does a football. Yeah, after, it, after Ned got off. Yeah, and he's yeah. the guy like uh, he came to one of our pool meetings. Oh, did he? One time for something, and you know, and we got some memos from him because. Some people weren't. Was going on. They weren't complying. You know, some of the new officials weren't wearing the right pants right. or didn't have a patch on. Oh, or, yeah, I seen know. the picture. Yeah, and he's so we he he's the one who who you know of course he's he's such a nice. He tries to be the hard ass. you know he's a dean. Yeah. He's supposed to be yeah. the tough, but he's such a nice guy. Yeah. It's hard, you know. Yeah, he's he's a new regional guy. And yeah. Now, you know, and I don't know if you have is there problems going on in the basketball pool. I not the. Nothing. Not nothing that I know. No, okay. no, nothing that's. Yeah, I, I don't mean yeah. problems. Little, little things. No, no, anything that we they get brought up, talk got fixed, them. and we talk about. If you talk them. about them, that's yeah. the main thing. Yeah. So, so. How many? How many girls in the pool? There, I'm mean, not even sure, but there's a lot of young girls. Yeah, young girls. That have some promise too. There's some good. There's some good ones that. Uh, need the, need the girls. College girls, you know, yeah. like Meg Delaney. She played up yeah. at Tech. 
she's from Frenchtown. I, I think she could be really good. And then there's Perry Dominic, who's a girl from somewhere back eastern Montana somewhere. She's she's going to Tech, and she's good. she does. I've worked with her, and she does a great job. And you know, of course, we have the Souls to oh, girls. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. there I worked. <laughs> I got to work one with Taylor, and that was I think I learned more of that game than anything. She does good she's, job because she's smart, and she taught me a lot. Yeah. So does there's, a good, there's does some a good, good job. You need the women. You, you need yeah. them. And, and if they're doing it coming out of college or while they're in school, yeah. that's a plus. Yeah. You know. And, I, I never had to work with DJ, though. I'm, I'm still a little nervous of DJ. She scares me. <laughs> <laughs> DJ's good. She's a great yeah. official. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Does, does a great job. Good lady. Yeah. You know, I've known DJ since uh, you, she was. <laughs> you refereed DJ, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, she's. And her dad, her dad officiated. Yeah. Smiley. Smiley. Yeah. He was he worked for the water company. Yeah. But he was he was a dan. He yeah. did basketball. He didn't do yeah. anything else. But yeah. DJ's yeah, DJ's good. She's you don't want to get on the wrong side of her. No, no, she scares the heck out of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would if she wanted to fight me I'd have to go into You'd the witness protection go, yeah. agency, you know. <laughs> where, where is she working? Where is she at now? She's up at the hospital. Is she? Yeah, still okay. doing PT. Okay. Working hard and yeah, you know, she, I used to go to her once in a while and get a good rub yeah. down and that one, you know. Yeah, she's not easy on you yeah, for people no. like, well, she got Bruce. Bruce wouldn't be walking without, well, first Dr. Gallagher. Really? And then DJ just wouldn't what? take any excuses or anything, you know, pushed yeah. him and pushed him, and now Bruce walks fine, you know. Good. So good. Uh, she, she does a pretty good job. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she got a, she worked a tournament, I think, uh, last week. Oh, did she? One of the divisional tournaments. So. I see one of the tournaments was up in Ronan. Yeah, the Western. Did, did anyone, what, anyone from Butte go there? No, it was mostly uh, Missoula. And Jesse Lazovich worked from, okay. from Helena. And uh, I think it was mostly Missoula guys. Okay. And maybe Kalispell. Yeah. That's who it should be. Yeah, I mean, it's know, in that area yeah. there. But I know, I know she was going up a few years there. She was up in Ronan. Yeah, she, and she may have done the, the, the girls. I didn't, uh, she might have. I didn't see that. Yeah, she's. But I know she did some tournament. No, she was she supposed does, to do one. She anyway. did a good job. She yeah. Does. And she yeah. always has. Yeah. You know. And did you recruit her into becoming an official? Or? Oh, I know. I probably said something to her one yeah. time, but I don't know if I really yeah. recruited her. Yeah. She, had, she was just, she was a natural to come in and do that. Yeah. You and know. you did the football. You're in charge of the football pool, and then you're in charge of the basketball pool. You're, so you're running Monday night meetings. Back then, yeah. All year long. Yeah. yeah. For quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I did see you at the Butte High Central I, game. I think 30. 35 years. 35 years. Did that. Yeah. So, so you but I, kinda, I, I liked that. It yeah. Was. And you did a lot of the Butte High Central games over the years, too. Was that uncomfortable doing those games? No. Because they, they brought in Bozeman crew but this year, Helena last I year. I see them. They did, and they did a good job. Yeah. But no, I worked I worked a lot of Butte Central games. Yeah. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Because a lot of guys didn't want to work them. It didn't bother me to work them. Yeah. It, ju it just never yeah. And I can what, remember. I can, I can remember. You remember Jack Me? I know the name. He was a postal, postal okay, worker. Okay, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Jack Me, Winks something, and another mailman. Yeah. And remember when I told you I could hear voices? Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't pay much attention. Yeah. But anyhow, I worked the Butte Central game. And I forget who I was with, maybe Mike or something, you know, Mike Anderson. Yeah. But, but anyhow, they would always go over to the Met Tavern after the game. 
and worked the game, and it was a close game, but I could hear them rousing me, and they were rousing me, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that. Just, that. just that voice, that one, I could pick that voice out, and I knew who it was. Yeah. So I go over to Matt after the game. <laughs> I'm sitting down in the corner having a beer, and, and I look up, and they're on the other corner, and the three of them are sitting there, the three mailmen. Yeah. But they were all, they were central fans. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, I don't even know who won the game. Central yeah. probably won the game. I yeah. don't know. But anyhow, they were giving me the business the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sitting with Jim Stevens. Yeah. Stevens might have worked the game. Yeah. But anyhow, I said, Jim, watch this. He said, now what? <laughs> I, said, I said to the bartender, I said, give me three dimes, will you? And I give me three dimes. Yeah. I walked down and everybody in the bar was kind of giving those guys, you better watch out, Rollo's not too happy with you. <laughs> so I get the three dimes and I walk down the field and I could see him there were going, oh, oh. Good. And I walked down and I said, hey, you guys are on me the whole game. The whole game you're on me. And I said, what's your problem? And they're all sitting there like this and I said, and I went, boom. Boom. I put a dime in all three of them because I knew them really yeah. well. You know, and I says, thanks for helping me. <laughs> well, they, they didn't know what to say. They thought I was going down there to you know, yeah. confront them big time. And I, you know, I, just yeah. said, I said, thanks for the help, Jack and Winks. And I forget who the other, yeah. I forget who the other one was, but it was just hilarious. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. Well, that's that's what probably made you a great official is just to be able to to laugh that off and ignore stuff like that. Like Mike Anderson, the same way. Yeah. Mike Anderson's completely. been called everything. You know, Central still blames him for everything. They blame him for the a call his partner made in the 1985 championship game. You know, yeah. and uh, but if it bothers Mike, boy, you'd never be able to tell. No, no, you wouldn't, Mike. Yeah. I, I can remember Mike, Mike and I and Ronnie Richards. He used to coach Butte High. Yeah. We all, we, all got, too. Yeah. We, we all got assigned to state tournament down in Missoula. And, and that Mike was, that was, I could have been Mike's first, you know, playoff or championship yeah. game. And he was just a young guy and he was just, he was, he was on top of it. Yeah. He just was on top of it. But, we, yeah, you bring back memories. I could keep talking for a week. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, well, I miss seeing you at the games, though, Rollo, because that's I always knew I'd see. Yeah. I'd see you at every football game, just about. Just about. And uh, just about every basketball game, or a lot of the basketball games. Right. You know, at least yeah. once a week. Yeah, I don't, I don't go, I don't go as enough as I should. Yeah, but I did see but, you at the Butte High game, the Butte High Butte Central yeah. game. So. And, uh, and it was nice to be back in the Civic Center. Yeah, yeah, it really I feel was. great to be back. Oh, Hopefully, God. they go back there again. So, you know, they don't, uh, I don't they, like the games up at the Beehive Gym as much. No, I, I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough on older people getting in that gym. Yeah. It really is. It is. It's, and I can understand why they play there. Yeah. They're practicing there all the time. Yeah, they want to shoot in their and, own gym. Yeah, and the Civic Center is not available all the time, so that's kind yeah. of a hit and miss. Yeah. Just because of events, nothing yeah. else. Yeah. You know. So. I miss that. You know, I'm, I had my office in the Civic Center yeah. for the better part of my career. The other was up in the old city hall. Oh, and, uh, where the doctor's office is now? Oh, yeah. I was Dr. On the, Ro uh, I was on the second, Robinson. I was on the second floor there. Robeson. 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 Yeah. 
Yeah, my office was really? on the second floor. Now I can tell you stories about that. That was an Evil Knievel build oh, yeah. movie. He blew my office up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right where my yeah, office really? was. Yeah, it was. And Ralphie Schmidt uh, used to work at the newspaper with us. He was the plumber. Who was yep. he played the plumber? He comes walking across the street, say, They think I'm fixing that, they got another thing coming. I tell you, they got another thing coming. That was Ralphie Schmidt. Yeah, that was they had most county offices or city well, the city offices at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just remember I'm not sure if it was Peoples or who said to me when he when he became mayor, he said, Do you want to come uptown and up in the courthouse, or do you want to go to the civic center? I said, no, that's kind of a dumb question. <laughs> so that's how it ended up in the civic really? center. Really? That's a good spot. Yeah, it's a perfect it's spot. Center of town, and, and yeah. everything's going on, so it was a good spot. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I can remember that. <laughs> well, Rolo, I've had you here almost an hour and a half, so I better uh, let you wrap up here. Well, uh, I enjoyed I, it. Yeah, I appreciate, uh, of course, all the stuff that you've done, you know, as a kid. Yeah. As a kid growing up playing at the Muni, I knew how, I knew it wouldn't have been there without you, you know, in the well, swimming pool and I don't know about that. And, and I knew how instrumental you were in everything. And, and then you were always, the, I knew it was a big game when Bob Rowling was, uh, was, was wearing the stripes. Well, thanks. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, Bill. Even I if do. most people never called you by your right name, I don't think. No, I don't think they did. You and Jeff Frank. Everyone calls him Franks oh. over in, on Anaconda and in, yeah. in Butte. They get, it's, it's, it's Rawlings. Rawlings. Instead of yeah. Rawlings. It's R-A <laughs> and an S on the end. Yeah, it's Rawlings, <laughs> like, the, like the mitt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but. yeah I, no, I appreciate it. It's fun to talk about old things, you know. I, we, you know, I, I told you I'd meet in the morning with some guys yeah. and have coffee, and we talk. We talked, where was this place? Where was that place? Yeah. What were you doing back then? And, you know, and then uh, I have a few beers with Fritzy Daly every other day. You know, oh. and we, we talk and BS. And, yeah. and, uh, and it's all about the, kind of the good old days. Some yeah. of it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I appreciate it. And uh, I'm glad you got into officiating. I'm glad Haskett got in. Yeah. Glad all the, anybody who got in. Yeah. I'm glad got in because it's just... We need them. Kids need them, you know. And, yeah. And big thing is you're interested in it, so that makes it better. Yeah. yeah. And I'm hopefully getting Scott Ferguson in the next year. Oh, that, that way he can that way he can shut up about the he, officials. He, he won't get in. You know. <laughs> you know. I can just just a short story. You know. Yeah. There's a guy named Disco Shea. Oh yeah. You know Disco Shea. Yeah. Disco taught me never to pump fake it. Oh. Bite on the pump fake at the KC League. <laughs> Disco was, he would get on officials so bad. <laughs> I mean, just unbelievable, yeah. you know. And uh, kind of, you know, I'd always say, why don't you start officiating? Why don't you start officiating? I never really pushed him, never really pushed him. Well, then he got into football. Loves it. <laughs> and he says, geez, I didn't know there was this many rules and stuff like that. <laughs> and he's a good so, football official. Yeah, and he's doing good. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's, <laughs> but that's just, that's how I used to, used to kind of recruit. I'd say, come on. Big mouth, get in, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he tried to get because he used to he used to do softball. Yeah, and he was really good at softball. Yeah, and, uh, but, <laughs> he knew how to control the guys. Yeah, you know, he was just that type of guy. But he was. You could handle anybody. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, but he's doing a good job, and yeah. we need that. Yeah. Pat Ryan, need guys like that. Yeah. 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 PR's doing yeah. a good job. Yeah. And every everybody thinks they can just walk in and do it. Right in the first place, yeah. they can't. It's they tough. Gotta learn. Yeah. Biggest thing is positioning. 
like I, I mean, you have to know the rules. Yeah. But if you're in the right position, you don't get your rear end chewed off too bad. When yeah. You make a call. You just don't. Yeah. You just got to be there. Yeah. And that takes time to learn now. You learn now. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Well, thanks, Rollo, and uh, you better get down. You got that Thank yellow you. lab probably bouncing. You, you want me to buy you lunch? No, I'm good. Thanks. You sure? Yeah, I'm good. Everybody else said. But I appreciate it, Rollo. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Bye -bye. Proud to be from you, America, USA.